You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What's up, my man? How are you living? Mm. I'm living British style. Uh, uh, we uh, played Download yesterday, uh, which was very exciting, and then tonight we are we are attending the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards. Damn, sounds like a full one for you. Yeah, since uh, we're, we're recording this one a little early in the week on a Monday, it'll come out next Monday, but I, I needed to follow up because in the last episode, I said I'd be happy if the Washington Caps won the Stanley Cup, and indeed they did. So, you are a winner, my friend. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm so invested. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I could do my part. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like latching on to uh, something I have absolutely no control over. Uh, in the last episode, we chatted about ways to succeed in the music biz. That was a really great episode. So check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet use our code pcjabberjaw and get 15 percent off your entire order hell yeah i was able to catch up with our boys over there last week just to see how everything's going and uh they say that they are enthused with their continued support of the network and this show so thanks to everybody who has paid them a visit uh i went back on the site this weekend and just i still am pretty overwhelmed by the number of things that they have to offer it's pretty cool so if you're looking for something in the way of merchandise you know the nice thing is none of it's counterfeit it's all licensed they get it from the people that manufacture stuff you know for the artists themselves They've got tons and tons of different items and genres and you name it, kind of more than I would ever want to have to choose from. But, uh, you know, I got a sick minor threat shirt from them a couple weeks ago and uh, I still rock it, uh, still rock it from time to time. So head on over rockabilia.com, tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. Uh, use the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off your entire order. This week, we talk more about ways to succeed in the music industry. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, um, you know, I, I, 
I just uh, I, I continued to obsess that the uh, you know the the real theme, the real question that people have is like, hey, like how do I get to the next level? How do I succeed? How how do I do what you guys do? Right? How do how do I get my band to get to the point to where we can make money or whatever? Right? Mm-hmm. So so in in my quest for articles, um, you know, I uh, last uh, two weeks ago I, I googled up uh, you know. How, how to succeed in the music business or whatever. And a, and a bunch of stuff pops up. But I think what was interesting about it is that I, I typically pull from some common sources like digital music news and HypeBot and, and what have you. Um, but last week, um, it was, uh, it was um, Huffington Post. And this week, it's something from uh, Berkeley uh, School of Music. Um, so I, I thought it would be interesting just to, to pull from different sources. Um, I would also say that just uh, for the sake of mentioning it, um, I have taken some online classes from Berkeley School of Music and found them to be uh, quite fun and interesting and helpful, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't done any of it myself, but have met a number of graduates uh, from there. And actually a guy who interned for me, this is ages ago, this is probably five or six years ago, uh, was a graduate from there. And he shared a lot of the the stuff that he had learned there with me. And, and I found so much of it intriguing. So um, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I think if you're interested in, in, you know, getting a real education in the music biz, Berkeley is definitely a place to, 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 uh, to look into. Yeah. So uh, this guy, his name is Peter Spellman. Um, The title of this article, which is actually an excerpt from his book, is called Five Essentials of Music Career Success. And it starts off like this. Music is too big a world. Oh, music is too big a world for one size fits all model of music career success. Musicians' career paths are as unique as their individual fingerprints. Nevertheless, there are a few guidelines that I believe apply to anyone trying to make a living career out of their love of music. Here are five. So real, Number real, one. real quick, let, let, let me interject because that is so beautifully put in my mind that musicians' career paths are as unique as their individual fingerprints, you know, which it, it just is like, yeah, there are no two like the other. And I think that's a very beautiful way that he says that. I agree. And, you know, not to, you know, spend much time on the, just the intro part, but I, it kind of struck me the same way as like, there's no, uh, there's no exact model. There's no formula. Like you can, there's no exact recipe of you do this, this, and this, and you're going to achieve the same results as the person that wrote the recipe. Right. So like for me playing in Ozzy's band, I can tell any bass player that, I did X, Y, and Z. And if they follow that to a T, right, they're not going to get the same results that I got. They may not get any, or who knows, they, they may even end up getting further. But, you know, the, but the, the reality is, is that yes, there, there is no exact formula. However, I think that there are commonalities that uh, we can see traits now that we have so much access to so much information. We can kind of pull uh, scenarios out of successful situations and go like, "Oh, 
there's a commonality between all of these things. And isn't that interesting? So potentially that is what he's doing here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's the beauty of it. And I'm excited to walk through this. It, it is that there are things that you can and should be doing, but you just can't expect it, like you said, to work out exactly the same as it did for someone else. There's just too many variables, too many additional factors um, for you to think that, oh, just because Blasco did it his way, and if I follow all that, it's going to work out the exact same way. You're exactly right. Yep. So here is number one. Hone your talent and realize there is a place for you. Your goal to use marketing lingo is to position yourself in your market as the go-to person for that particular skill or talent. Don't worry too much about industry rejection. Every record label in Britain initially passed on the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. The key is believing in yourself and persevering beyond others' opinions, even those of the industry. I mean, think about that. They passed on the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but there's so many more countless stories of artists who, yeah, were passed on. Uh, you know, and and it it's just one of those. You never know. I mean, you do. You've got to hone your talent and you also have to believe in yourself. And there's a lot of rejection that happens in this business. I mean, hell, I still face it each and every day. And I've got to figure out ways to say, you know what? I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the artists that I represent. I believe in the content like this podcast that we're creating. And in spite of everybody, not even everybody, in spite of people who look past what I'm doing sometimes, I just got to dig deep because I know that, that, you know, I'm doing something great. And so that really is, you know, it's such a, it's such a, you know, profound statement to just hone your talent and realize that there is a place for you. Yeah. I mean, look, I got to say like, whether it's myself or, you know, I've, I've had my hands in many careers, some of which have become successful uh, some of which that were already kind of rolling and I helped, you know, notch it up a level. Um, and then there's ones that I picked up at the same place that I picked up the successful ones and those didn't become successful, right? And so the thing that I can pull out of all the successes that I've had anything to do with, including my own, is that there was a super strong belief that it was going to happen no matter what. Like, there was no thought that anything else was going to happen. And, and, and I don't know that you can believe that or if it's just like a natural gift that someone has. But whenever you have nothing to lose, right, whenever there is no backup plan, you are forced to commit to what it is that you want to succeed at. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying, look, quit your day job and, and just chase the dream. But I am saying that the successes that I've been involved with have had that type of an attitude and have succeeded because there was no fallback plan. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, like you said, something that's, you know, taught or, or learned in, in this case, or if it is just something that, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that, that comes about within people. Um, but I would agree that is what you you do notice in in regards to all of the successful uh, you know ventures is that there is that common belief of there's there's nothing but but you know a, a destiny for me which that destiny is success. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, 
Connect with as many people as you can because relationships drive music careers more than anything else, even talent. Music is a who you know, who knows you kind of business. The quality and quantity of your relationships will be the primary engines of your progress. Try developing creative projects with fellow musicians. Perhaps you can combine your live show with two others' acts and present the package to a local promoter. There is a strength in numbers. Finding the right combination takes experimentation. Uh, and then, and then, so that would be on the musician side. And then he continues, if you're interested in working in the business side of music, then interning at a music company is the best way to both learn how the biz works and connect with those who can help move your career along. Yeah, I think we would both, you know, agree with this. And we've said it so many times in, in the episodes that we've done to date. It really is, you know, uh, there, it is a relationship business. Almost all businesses are relationship business is, but this is one where, you know, talent is uh, subjective in a lot of ways and, you know, who you align yourself with and who you connect with, um, you know, early on and throughout your career, uh, will pay dividends along the way. Uh, I'd like to say one thing, uh, on the, the, uh, relationship versus talent. Um, I can speak for myself that I do in no way consider myself the most talented bass player in the world. However, I did just headline uh, Donington. Um, (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) And, and, and I would say that because of relationships, right? Um, over the time I had created enough visibility by being in all the bands that I was in, and I, you know, I climbed the ladder along the way, but it got to the point to where my visibility was that in front of the Osbournes and, you know, Zach Wilde and, and whoever else, right? I had built those relationships. I had become visible. I got the gig because of my visibility and because of my ability to, to fit into the situation, to be the right guy for this particular band. Right. So, so there has to be something there too. Um, but it, it wasn't my talent per se. And when I say talent, my shredability, right? Like, like my, my schooled technique and, 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 you know, grand stylings of being a bass wizard, that wasn't it at all. Um, so I just like to say that this is a very true statement. And then on the, on the business side, um, the internship, um, I have someone working for me that intern that was a that was a uh, a student at Musicians Institute, and whenever you take the business course at Musicians Institute in Hollywood, you have to do 120 hours of internship somewhere. And she interned for me, and she's worked for me ever since. And that was like seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, I can't count the number of times that we've ended up hiring interns um, at Outer Loop. You know, it, it's one of the things where you really do it allows us to see who is dedicated, you know, who really not only has a passion for it, which I would call the talent, but who also, yeah, utilizes the relationships. So um, I, I absolutely agree with both of those statements. Uh, number three, accept the new powers in your corner and take responsibility for creating your own success. The last 20 years has given you the means to both produce and distribute your own music on a global scale. 
new models of business are emerging in the world of music. A record deal is not necessarily the goal any longer. The internet has clearly become your open mic to the world, and desktop technologies provide you with ways to have the look, reach, and efficiency of larger companies. Dare to be different. Yeah, I think you and I both, you know, embrace all of the things that come along with, you know, the developing technologies and the powers that land in the artist's hands. I mean, it's, it's, I was having a conversation last week with a gentleman who, uh, you know, was doing a startup and, and, you know, it was sort of based on crowdfunding and crowdsourcing things. And, you know, I was just telling him that, you know, I've been a participant in nine different crowdfunded campaigns, which, you know, I embraced it very early on because it did, it gives power to the artists and allows you to do these things that used to be only reserved for those that, that had made it past the threshold, you know, past the gatekeepers. And now you can do things early on to prove that, you know, you belong on the other side of the gate, even if the gatekeepers had denied you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think we've gone over this topic so much that it's like, man, like, it, like every, everything that you need to be there is at your fingertips. Your fans are at your fingertips. To be able to record music is at your fingertips. To be able to put your music up on all the platforms, Spotify, you know, Apple, Bandcamp, it's, it's, it's all there. There's really, you can't give us any excuse why you can't get your music out into the world and be heard. There, there really is no excuse that why, why you can't do it. And because it's like, it's like, it's not even, it's not even that financially daunting anymore. I mean, you know, it, it's like, so they're, they're just, they're, there really should be nothing holding you back except for yourself or your motivation, you know? Absolutely. No, I mean, and it's so cool. I mean, think about it. If there, you know, I guess for me in certain ways, you know, as part of the DIY hardcore scene, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, that's sort of what taught me that, you know, you didn't need, uh, and in fact, back then it was, it was almost you know, not even a care or consideration for what the the rest of the world was doing musically. It was about a community and that's carried on throughout my career. And that's why I think it's so exciting. And one of the things I like to, you know, instill in my artists is that, you know, you can only control what you can control, right? And so now you can control so much more. Like you said, it's much easier. The means of making recordings, you know, are, are much uh, much more reasonable in terms of costs, uh, the means of distribution through those, you know, outlets that you were just talking about. It's just amazing how many of these things allow artists to have more control and therefore, you know, be the, um, creators of their own destiny. I'm just going to mention a real quick side note here. Henry Rollins has a podcast and, uh, the newest episode that just came out, he talks about the recording of My War. Uh, and it is an awesome listen for all those, you know, to us now, you know, the, the, the brand of Black Flag is so tremendous, right? It, it, and, it, and it's so huge and, and uh, 
so un, untouched from a DIY perspective, from a punk rock perspective, right? But whenever you listen back to the stories of how they made that record and how they bootstrapped the whole thing and how whenever you look under the hood of that scenario, it, it was something that, you know, anyone could do now, you know, but you have to have the guts to be able just to go and do it. Right. And, uh, so anyway, sorry, side note, but anyone interested in kind of really hearing the backstory of that, it's an awesome listen. So there you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll dig up a link to it and put it in the show notes for everyone. Yeah. Uh, number four, understand that every business is becoming a music business. And so musical opportunities are multiplying. It took a coffee company and a computer manufacturer to teach the music industry how to sell music in the digital age. Non-music businesses everywhere are seeking creative ways to add music-related services to their mix. This means that you needn't be dependent on the traditional music industrial complex for music career success. Interesting point. Um, and I don't, you know, do you think it's true that, uh, you know, the coffee company, I'm presuming he means Starbucks. And of course, the computer manufacturer is Apple, um, mm-hmm. you know, teaching the music industry how to sell music in the digital age. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. That's not what we're here to debate. Um, we're here to say that, you know, there are more opportunities for musicians each and every day. I would agree. I think that, um, you know, music has always been cool. Right. The music industry, the music business and being a musician and being a rock star is still cool. And I think that's where you get these other uh, companies that want to associate themselves with it because they see themselves as cool, whether they are or not. And they want to have a hand in in this great thing called the music business. I, I think two things on this one from a musician standpoint, what I pull out of this is that it is now the wild, wild west. There are no rules. And if you can find an outside of the box way to get your music heard and for people to access your music, it the only limitations are as far as you can be creative, right? And so so I, I think that's what I pull out of from, from the musician standpoint. On the business side, if you're looking to, to have, get a job in the music business, I think what I pull out of this is that, you know, like, oh, well, I want to work at a management company or I want to work at a record label or maybe I want to work, work at a booking agency. Like, I, I feel like if you're looking for a job in the music industry, never before has there been so many music related startups, you know, to where there's potentially a way to get on the ground level and help build something up. You know, I mean, like think of think of if you were like interning at Spotify, you know, back in the day or, you know what I mean? Or like, like whatever, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much room now for jobs in the music industry. You just got to do your research and see what's out there. But like, you know, potentially you can get on the, in, in on the ground level of something that's going to become massive and you might, you know, potentially develop a pretty successful well, career. And on the flip side, I mean, there's still the ability to just start your own thing. You know, Even it's that. like, totally. <laughs> you know, and it's just as you and I have both found it, you know, we both enjoy, uh, you know, dealing with younger people that have a thirst and a hunger for, you know, starting their own business or being involved in something, a startup. And to me, so much of it is, you know, if you can deliver uh, the goods, if you will, 
if you can make it so, you know, we need you, if you're filling a void uh, and doing something on, on a level that's, you know, the very professional, then yeah, you can, you, like you said, there's plenty of opportunities at places and there's always the ability to uh, start your own thing. So it's very exciting times. Yes. Uh, final number five, prepare to be versatile and to wear several hats initially until your brand is established. Most musicians I know have had to cobble together several revenue streams in the early stages of their careers in order to make enough money to support themselves. Many have also had to take on non-music lifeline careers just to make ends meet, pay down debt, or supplement what they earn from music. Eventually, all the different experiences merge together into the roaring river that will be your music career. At that point, you'll be visible, in demand, and able to name your price. And that's career success. I love it. Just as he started it with something cool, like a fingerprint, I love the the metaphor of a roaring river. You know, you take all these streams that come together and, and as they do, they grow and they multiply. And, you know, I've got a couple of little quips that I always say, you know, you can't rush greatness. I mean, it's just, you've got to allow things to take time. All of what we do is a process. I mean, hell, I still view myself as, as someone who my career is growing. You know, as we're developing new podcasts and we're doing all of these exciting things, it's like I, you know, you and I are just in that same place that are always evolving, you know, always in a place where we're still wearing several hats as we, you know, continue to establish our brand. So, you know, take lessons from us and, and you know, each other that it's totally fine to, you know, have things take time before they ultimately culminate in something that, as he says, you can name your price and have that career success. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, the, I, most people wear many hats in this new era of the music business, right? We cannot, as, as music business people, as well as musicians, nowhere do I see anyone being able to succeed financially or even creatively with just doing one thing. Like it, it just, it just seems not possible. Plus how boring is that? <laughs> you know, like totally. just, do, just, just doing like getting up and just doing the same thing every day. Like you might as well just have a regular job then and just not even worry about the stress. You know, it's like, it, it's like, so I, I feel like, to me, this new era of people like you and I, and then the generation that's coming in underneath us, and then the generation that's coming underneath them, it's like, man, like we're, we're, we're a, some multi hat wearing people. And that's just the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, which is, look, it, I think that it's exciting times. I mean, you know, the, I guess the last thing that I would say is, you know, you also have to determine what is your, uh, definition of success. Because oftentimes I think we all equate success with money. And of course, you know, we all need money to be able to survive. Um, but, you know, you got to look at the other things that that add up and, and you know, indicate levels of success. So um, I don't know if you've got your own definition that's aside from money, but I surely do. And I've had to redefine that throughout my career because there's oftentimes I do, you know, incredible things that that, you know, I'm super proud of that might not, and my artists do as well, that might not uh, equate to, uh, you know, financial 
stability or financial reward, but it's surely something that I would uh, pair with what I would call success. Yeah. The thing that I often tell people early on, you know, musicians early on, my, my best piece of advice is look, don't get into this business because you think it's some like money making, you know, get rich quick scheme, right? Like I always say like, look, it's best to define your success in music, not by how much money you make, by how much, but by how much music you make. And if you can be able to make a lot of music, then the money will come. But if your agenda is focused more on money than music, by my observation, you're always going to lose. But if your focus and your agenda is based on how much music you can make, then the money will find its way to you. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Well, that concludes episode 73. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have to the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got cooking? Ah, another week in paradise, my man. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Loop. And if you're interested in taking your music career uh, one step further, please don't hesitate to check out OuterLoopCoaching.com. And last but not least, our friends at Rockabilia.com are the ones who support this show. So head over there, tell them Blasco and Mike sent you, and use the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off of your entire order. Uh, Yeah, that's really all I got this week. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.